And I would now like to introduce our marketing editor, Mr. Hunter Boyle. Thank you very much, Sarah. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I have Jimmy Ellis, our Director of Optimization Research, and Aaron Rosenthal, our Director of Channels Research, here today, as well as Bob Kemper, our Director of Sciences, and several other people on the Marketing Experiments team. We have several of our analysts joining us and on the call today, as usual. And although we don't have the same bank of 10 monitors that Flint typically uses, we're going to try and cover a lot of information here. We have a number of submissions from the audience for the live optimization session. And if this is your first call with us, if you weren't able to join us for part one of Powerful Value Propositions, we conducted uh, a lot of principles in the beginning and went through a lot of information. What we'll be doing today is briefly reviewing some of those principles and some of those steps and some of those examples, and then we're going to jump right into live optimization of the URLs and value propositions that you submitted to us in registering for the clinic. Now, one piece of information that's worth noting is, as far as value propositions go, there was a lot of confusion at the first clinic. We actually took a poll of our audience and asked which of the biggest challenges marketers had with value propositions, identifying, expressing, or testing. And the fourth option was all of the above. And that turned out to be the majority option for the audience. About 32% chose all of the above. So we know that there are a lot of people that are having trouble and difficulty getting uh, their arms around what exactly a value proposition, a value proposition is and how to express it. So in today's clinic, we're just going to review again very briefly some of the principles and some of the pieces from part one that explain what it is. We'll look over some examples to try and bring that to life. And then we'll talk about optimization steps that you can apply and we'll work with some of those value propositions and some of those landing pages that were submitted so that you can see exactly how some uh, value, propositions, value propositions can be optimized and steps that you can take for your own site. And we're also going to look to you for your feedback in this live optimization session. We want to make it very interactive. So when we get there, please use the Q&A uh, feature and we'll be looking for your feedback on those. Aaron, Jimmy, are you on? I'm here. This is Jimmy. Great. And Aaron here popped well. up mute, but he didn't like to talk very much. <laughs> okay, great. Then let's get underway. This is a slide that I thought summed up nicely what uh, the value proposition does to some people or the way it's perceived by a lot of people, as Scott Adams put it, a value proposition could be a long, awkward sentence that demonstrates management's inability to think clearly. And while that's kind of a throwaway line from a cartoon, it does actually speak to the idea that a lot of times when we're writing value propositions or we're trying to think of what we want to communicate to our ideal customers, we get wrapped up very often in buzzwords, in sales language, in talking to the audience, not trying to really establish a dialogue with them. And 
one of the things that that leads to is really uh, these same kind of lack of clarity items that we've seen in the uh, previous clinic and that we're going to look at some examples here now. So three of the main problems, just to review, identifying an effective value proposition, expressing the value proposition clearly, testing and refining your value proposition. The way that you need to address this is to make it more of an ongoing cycle, not just a one-off, not just treating your copy as something you do for one page or a headline or lead or subheads at a time, but making the value proposition clear and making it consistent from start to finish. And from that point, testing, revising, and testing it again. If you look at the slide that just changed, one of the things that has made this easier for a lot of people to understand what we've heard about from the first clinic was the question, if I'm your ideal customer, why should I buy from you instead of a competitor? And that's one thing that really gets to the essence of what we're trying to do with our value propositions is, is set aside the factors that a lot of competitors have, that uh, language such as we're the best, we have the lowest price, we have the most, we have the least, and get down to the specifics and really answer that singular question. If I'm your ideal customer, why should I buy from you instead of a competitor? We'll be referring to that a couple of different times throughout the clinic. And now if we move on, here's a tool from the value proposition worksheet, which you can get from our blog or from our website, which is the value proposition assessment matrix. It's a tool that was put together by our sciences department in an, in an effort to try and uh, make it a little, uh, a little stronger and a little more systematic for ranking your value proposition. If you look at this, there are elements on the left for desire and elements for exclusivity, where zero is no interest, one is possible interest, and two is high interest. We won't spend a lot of time on this, but the way that you would use this is you rank your ideal customer's desire level for your offer from zero to two. You rank the exclusivity of your offer. You multiply the two and if the total you get is less than two, it's a bad sign. It's time to rethink your offer and think of the phrasing. And if there are problems that go beyond just the expression, then there's more work to be done and that may be a product issue. But for the purposes of this clinic, with the desire and the exclusivity, we'll use this matrix for ranking some of these examples that we're gonna look at. And Hunter, if I could real quick, uh, since this is a multiplication, since you're multiplying both numbers, you have to excel in one area in order to reach that two. What I mean by that is you have to rank at least a two in one area and uh, at least a one in another area to, in order to, uh, in order to reach that two, uh, otherwise it's time to recraft the offer. So unless you have a high interest uh, in desire, or unless you have a nowhere else in exclusivity, you're not going to reach that two, and you have to uh, you have to have at least one two before uh, before it's time to uh, uh, recraft the offer. Great point, Aaron. Absolutely. 
As far as testing your value proposition, one thing that we didn't spend a whole lot of time on in clinic number one, we kind of went through it quickly, and Aaron can also touch on this briefly, is using your PPC ads to create kind of a micro-test and to help, to help uh, sharpen the language that you use. And Aaron, I know that you're familiar with this process. If you want to just cover this idea pretty briefly. Sure, and this is, this is not actually a test that we've set up, but you could see it in each one of these pay-per-click ads at the bottom of the screen, they are using three different messages. One focuses on 70% uh, less than consultants. Another focuses on uh, since, 1990, since 1998. What they're attempting to do in this is determine what, what offer or what, uh, what is of most value to their customers, and with that insight, with that in mind, you can then start to craft your value proposition that you want to communicate on your landing pages. You're not going to be uh, able to successfully communicate your value proposition within your pay-per-click ad because there's just too many character limitations. However, uh, you can use it as a, uh, as a test platform to begin to test uh, value proposition ideas with, uh, um, with, within Google or Yahoo or whichever uh, pay-per-click uh, network you're using. Great, absolutely. And there's one other point about the micro-testing, and Aaron uh, almost touched on this. What we're going to talk about a little later on is, is taking a lot of verbiage around your value proposition and really shortening it, tightening it, making it as compact and concise and powerful as possible. We have a challenge later on that speaks to doing that, but this really puts that at the forefront in terms of taking a number of words and distilling them down to the shortest possible, uh, shortest possible lines, whether it's the headline, whether it's those two lines of copy, even the URL, these tests here will definitely help you shorten down if you have a couple of different paragraphs or if you have 30, 40 words and you're trying to express several different ideas. This helps you distill that and get the language right down to the core and find out which ones work best with which customers. Now again, just to briefly summarize what we covered here and what we covered in part one, the three steps for your value proposition, identify, express, test and refine. Now, if you look at this slide that just came up here, here's an example that was submitted for our previous clinic, and I wanted to use this because it's a great example of what actually is not a value proposition, and part of the confusion that came about from uh, Clinic 1 and, and some of the discussions that we had was what is a value proposition, where does it reside on a page, what qualifies, and it can get pretty confusing. We've already discussed that. This one that was submitted was My Life is Beautiful. You can see it in the top of the, um, uh, top of the page in the screenshot there. And one of the things that we talked about was this is actually a tagline and it's not a value proposition. And there are reasons for it, but the easiest way to get that answer is that it simply doesn't answer the question, if I'm your ideal customer, why should I buy from you instead of anyone else? If you responded to that with, my life is beautiful, it's a complete non sequitur. So while this may not actually be a value proposition, we looked around on the website a little bit more and on the About Us page, 
we found a block of copy that has a much greater potential for a value proposition. This isn't necessarily uh, a tightly written value proposition in and of itself, but if you look at what it says here, our innovative diamond search technology evaluates the cost, size, and quality of the diamond to help consumers make informed and customized purchase decisions. Consumers can graphically see the trade-offs required when weighing each of these factors and speak to or email professional graduate gemologists with their questions. Now, again, that's not 100% value proposition. It's not been written to be that way. I don't believe that was copy on the About Us page. But if you think about how that would fit with the desire and exclusivity and think about what that text is really saying, when someone's looking to buy a diamond, they're concerned about trust and credibility issues. They definitely are even more concerned about that buying online than perhaps offline. And these things uh, that are these concepts that are in the text here speak to that. With the graduate gemologists, the customers can see the trade-offs, evaluating cost, size, and quality, and that this site offers a search function that allows users to do that. So in that respect, while it's not a perfectly articulated value proposition, this is an example of where on some sites or in some web pages you might find the elements that would be stronger and that you could use in other areas. And we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go forward with the live optimization, and that will be a key to some of the other examples that we go over with. Aaron and Jimmy, do you have any more thoughts on those? And Sure. I mean, we – this is Jimmy. I mean, we see this type of stuff all the time where people are using taglines as actual value propositions, and, and it simply they're, they're two different things. In this particular example, their initial tagline was trying to get you to feel an emotion, not help the customer figure out if you have a product or service that they can use to actually help them make a buying decision. So when you look at this one, like I said, it's not perfect, but gosh darn, it's so much better than the actual tagline. I mean, even when you guys are reading it, can't you just – doesn't it just kind of speak to your to your soul a little bit and just kind of say, oh, oh, there's something here. I need, I need to continue and check this out because I'm actually going to get a better deal or make a, a smarter decision if I use this site compared to, uh, you know, a potential other site or another competitor. So the reason why this one is, is still just a two uh, is because it's not exclusive. I mean, there's a lot of places selling diamonds. Their tool may be exclusive, but exclusivity – isn't too high, but the, but the desire for people looking for this type of stuff is probably pretty high. So that's why this particular one's a two. And, and we see this all the time. I think we're going to talk about it a little bit later in the slides, but, you know, people's About Us pages and, and terms and conditions and stuff like that usually hold some of the best copy to write some of these value propositions. So we'll just, we'll just continue with that, Hunter. Absolutely. Great. Now, if you look at this other example, uh, a lot of people, as I mentioned, had asked us for good examples of value propositions. We, we, we've looked at some that are halfway there. We've looked at some that aren't value propositions at all. Uh, this one was submitted for the uh, initial clinic. And if you look at it, Stratasys FDM systems use production-grade thermoplastics, which allow you to match part properties with the material that fits your needs, giving you the ability to manufacture real parts, that are tough enough for functional testing and end use. I don't deal with thermoplastics, and I don't claim to be the ideal customer. But in thinking about what their customer base and what their ideal market would want to hear, this seems to have 
a high rating on both the desire side and on the exclusivity side. As far as the verbiage, again, this is pretty close because it gets to very specific uh, granular information. It may not be uh, as easy to understand for some of us as for their ideal audience, but one thing we noticed in, in looking at their URL is that they tried to support some of this with some of the other information pieces on there. If you look at the screenshot, it has a Clockworks produced custom motorcycle parts in five days, reducing production time 82%. And you can see that examples of language like this try and answer that question, why should I buy from you? And for their ideal customer, they do that pretty well. Yeah, I'll make some more comments on this one, Hunter. Now, in terms of expressing the value proposition, as Hunter said, they're using kind of a case study example to do that. I mean, there are definitely variations you're going to want to test uh, with all your value propositions and how you communicate on the page. Um, so in terms of this one, they're still using a tagline. If you look at the page, from prototyping through manufacturing, now I'm sure there is a better version of that that they could potentially use or using part of their main value proposition, which is the Stratasys FTM system uses production-grade thermoplastics, that longer one that they could potentially use there. But what? But probably the best thing that it does is they're using those quantitative details, for example, in their case study right there, it's the main one you're looking at, Clockworks produced custom motorcycle parts in five days, reducing production time 82%. That instantly, no matter what they're using, whether it's their main value proposition or this case study, they're using elements with such credibility that let a customer see the real value in using their service. So even though they're not stating it exactly, they're really implying it with, with quantitative details that help communicate it more effectively than just using some fancy words to say it or, or say that uh, we make motor, we, we produce custom motorcycle parts fast, reducing pr production time a lot. <laughs> and we see a lot of that in some of the copy used for value proposition. So uh, think about that. So one, one is, is being able to have the value proposition. Our other piece was being able to communicate that. You know, our third piece is, is testing and refining. So uh, yeah, keep that in mind when you're writing yours. That's a great point, Jimmy. You know, the first step is developing your value proposition. The second step is communicating that value proposition on the landing page. And the way that, that Clockworks is communicating it, you, you see it's slightly different than, than the way that they've written out their stated value proposition, but they're still doing a good job of getting the message across. Yep. Great point, great point. If we move on to this next example, again, submitted from a previous clinic, this kind of falls right in the middle there. We, we've looked at an example that's not, we've looked at an example that is pretty close and does a lot of things well. As Jimmy mentioned, it really leaned on the uh, quantitative and the details, and a lot of the supporting elements were there on the site. <clears throat> if you look at the example that's up there now uh, from tvana.com, Here's a good example of where we find a lot of sites falling into the kind of middle ground. They have some strong ideas about what it is they do differently and what they want to express, but they don't or they haven't done it in a way that's quite optimized for the quantitative details or those different pieces that would really convey that message. And for Tivana here, if we look at the website and the, the home page itself, and Jimmy and Aaron will speak to this a little bit more. The way that the page is set up is one thing, and they have this Why Shop Tivana sidebar over here. It's not necessarily in the right place, and the copy isn't necessarily uh, as tight or compact as it could be, 
but you can see that they're going in the right direction here. In essence, the whyshoptivana.com is very similar to the question, why should I buy from you? It's, it's kind of restating the question, and they make an effort to answer it. They've got subheads, which is good. But if you look within some of the copy there, some of the keys are actually not in the subheads. They're a little further down. For example, in the second paragraph, under fresh, delicious ingredients, which isn't really a differentiator, the second sentence is when or every ingredient is hand-selected for health and taste so you get the best tea every time. The fact that every ingredient is hand-selected is, is a lot more specific. It's a lot more detailed than fresh, delicious ingredients. If you look at the second sentence in the third paragraph under the headline, Only Loose Leaf Tea is for Us, it says, At Tivana, you can see the size and quality of the leaf immediately. That paragraph talks about why bagged teas are lower quality and that that's not what Tivana does. Those things are, you know, as you'll notice, those are the second sentences in the second and third paragraph. They don't necessarily answer that question as directly as they could. And unfortunately, this very uh, sidebar has been taken off of the site for uh, the holiday purposes. I guess that was a promotion there, and that's changed. But you can see from this example that there are sites and there are value propositions and elements that are kind of floating around, whether it's on home pages, about us pages, or, or wherever else. But they're just not being pulled together or, or being as tightly um, phrased or expressed. Sure. And so that's kind a, of what Jimmy and Aaron uh, alluded to and, and we'll be looking at with this page and some of the other sites. Aaron, I know you had some thoughts on this page as well. Yeah, this is this is a great example where where on the last one we talked about the value proposition and how they're communicating it on the landing page as representative of the value proposition that they're trying to get across. On this page, it sounds like they might know what their value proposition is or at least have an idea of what, what it is, but they're doing a really, really poor job of communicating on the page. When I, when I come to the site, the first thing that I'm just greeted with is this scared of oolong, and then oolong teas are frightfully good. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't communicate to me the value proposition why I should shop with you and not one of your competitors. It doesn't even tell me uh, anything about these oolong teas. So unless I know that specifically as I'm coming into your site, you, you've immediately connect, and you're all these images that are on the these Halloween-themed images. And it's okay to theme your promotions, not but expect the images on your site to do the primary communicating uh, that, your, that your words can do, that a headline, that a real value proposition should do on your landing page. So I'm going to add to, to Aaron's point about when, when you hit this site, which typically not just the overpowering image of the Halloween scene that's getting in the way of the actual value proposition on the right, but when you only have a few seconds to capture a customer's attention, you don't want to use a headline like whyshoptiavano.com. You want to hit them with some of those things that are in those three paragraphs. I mean, ideally, you take a version of those three paragraphs and come up with one very good, very concise statement that, that communicates that and then leads down into those three sections. And that's what you'd want to start the entire page with. You can use that attractive traffic, but you, but you want to use it with the content and copy. So you want to, your headline, you want your graphic there, and you want either bullets or your paragraphs around or, you know, directly next to that image, but not or the, the copy and the value proposition statement right here is all the way to the right-hand side of the page. So this is, I guess, once again, it, it, they, they pretty much know it. They're really close to really nailing it, 
Um, so, so, but there's some work to be done. And then in terms of communicating it on the page, where they're locating that information on the page and the design of the elements on the page also help communicate the value proposition. So getting that right would be the second step of that process. Yeah, and one more thing. It, it, when you tell me that, uh, you know, you're, you're better quality or that you can, in this instance, you can actually see uh, the tea leaves are bigger or uh, that, they, um, that they're healthier for you or any of those statements, back them up with real statistics. So, uh, you know, quantify it. Don't just make it a qualitative statement. Uh, tell me that your, uh, your leaves are 42% bigger than, uh, um, than bagged tea leaves, or tell me that your, uh, um, it, it's, uh, it's, if it's better for you, tell me in what way. Don't just tell me it's better for my health. You know, help me understand that statement and make it sound believable to me. Great points, great points. Let's move on to the next slide. We've got another example. We're just about to dive into the live optimization. Just a couple more examples to try and wrap up some of these key principles. And if your slide is turning over now, you should be seeing uh, one example from Shipping Solutions. The value proposition submitted was Shipping Solutions software will reduce the time it takes to complete your export documents and meet your export compliance responsibilities by up to 80%. Now there's a slight grammatical issue there with um, the ordering as far as uh, export documents and your responsibilities by up to 80%. But again, this, this is another example of trying to go for the uh, specifics and uh, quantifying the benefits that you get. There's also a key point that comes with this, that between desire and exclusivity, and this has come through in a couple of Q&As even on this clinic, exclusivity is a much more difficult quality to achieve. In many cases, it either comes from, we've talked about this before in some clinics, a patent or a proprietary system or other forms of products or services that are really uh, unique to an organization, those are tough to come by. And with the shipping solutions here, it's very difficult, as we've seen in some of these other examples, to get a two on the exclusivity. But as far as the desire, I think it would be easy to say that for most people in, in the search for a shipping a service provider, export documents being completed and uh, meeting your responsibilities and saving up to 80% is definitely something that a lot of people would go for. So you've done a good job of telling us what your value proposition is, but when I get to the landing page, having not known any of that, I would have no idea. I, I, I look at this landing page and I don't see that information communicated anywhere on it. In fact, you're, you're, the immediate information that you're speaking to me with is a, uh, you're shouting at me and then you're asking me three questions. You're saying, uh, attention exporters, exclamation point. Then you go into a sub-headline uh, sub that is a, uh, a question, and then you have a, uh, you have a heading over your paragraph, and it's two, got two question marks in it. So you just shouted at me and asked me three questions in a row, and you haven't given me a reason to shop on your site. Even though you can state it and send it to us, you have to communicate it on the landing page. Jim, I'm, gonna a little, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna actually speak a little bit to uh, to Hunter's point about the exclusivity because I think it's really important. 
There's exclusivity in terms of, of your niche or product that you have that no one else has. There's also exclusivity in in uh, how you've crafted your offer. You may be the only company that offers this product this way. Let's say um, let's say um, tires. Let's say you're the you know tons of tires everywhere. But if you're if you sell tires and you're the only ones that have free shipping and have a fifty thousand mile warranty that have X Y and Z. But basically, you have either more or better or higher quality features than everybody else selling tires. The only place to get tires with all those conditions that basically help you get a better deal and have longer lasting tires um, gives you exclusivity. But you have to communicate that. You can't just have the same old stuff on the site. You need to communicate that piece that is unique to you uh, on your pages and in your value proposition and with your offers. Absolutely. You may be sitting there saying, that, "Wait a second. We're the only ones that can that can save uh, you know save you on export forms up to eighty percent." Well, if that's the case, you have to communicate it. You have to tell me that you're the only one that's going to save me up to eighty percent. And then, even furthermore, don't just tell me you're going to save me up to eighty percent. If you are the only one that can do that. Show me in some sort of comparison chart or prove it to me in some way with maybe a third-party, uh, uh, you know, credibility indicator or a, th- or a third-party site that's validating that claim for you. Help me understand that what you're telling me is, is you're not only the best, you're not only claiming that you're the best, you're proving it to me. Excellent. Excellent points. Thank you. Those actually lead right into our last example, and when we're talking about Uh, Proving it, not just saying it. You'll see on the slide coming up here, one of the submissions was from 1-800-BAKERY. And the slide should load in just a second. The value proposition submitted was 25 years of experience means you can count on delicious and on-time delivery. And this goes back to exactly what Jimmy and Aaron were just saying there. You're saying now 25 years of experience, but is that something – as far as a bakery goes, that's going to get you a, a two in desire or a two in exclusivity? Well, not necessarily. There are bakeries that have been around for many years longer than that, and that experience, delicious and on-time delivery, well, again, those are things that really aren't doing a whole lot to set you apart from your competitors. And if you look at the slide here, you'll see that down in the bottom of the page in Unique Bakery Goods, where, uh, again, this is another example where the page is doing some things right. It's not doing everything right, certainly, and and there are a lot of things that could still be improved. But if you look at that section, it's way down at the bottom of the page. It says, when you place an order at 1-800-BAKERY.COM, it goes straight from the local baker's oven to the doorstep where you ordered it. And then the paragraph right after that mentions more than 800 fresh bakery treats from 53 bakeries across the U.S., and that speaks again right to the to the to the language of specifics. The numbers; those are the pieces that are really going to do more to set you apart than delicious and on-time delivery, or even 25 years of experience in this case. The problem is, they're so far down the page; it's unlikely that people are even going to get there. They're certainly not at the top of the page making that instant connection. And again, it's just another example of where some of these kind of buried treasure pieces for your value proposition might be hiding out. Aaron? I'm going to make a, a point towards the uh, basically concerning the 25 years of experience in, in, in terms like that. What, what we've seen is 
a lot of traditional terms and copy people are using value propositions that are becoming less or ineffective. And what I mean is there are so many people that say, you know, been in business since whatever, uh, 25 years of experience. But it just doesn't – that's almost – not that it's expected, but it, it doesn't have any value to the customer unless, for example, you're a doctor that's been doing a life uh, life-saving procedure and you want, and experience is one of your number one reasons why you're going to pick a doctor over another. But for typical e-commerce businesses, years of experience aren't going to basically contribute to your value proposition, nor is customer service because everybody says they have customer service. At this point, at this day and age, it's pretty much expected. If you don't have good customer service, you're probably not going to be in business for very long, especially with people on the web that are expecting, you know, tracking numbers the same day and to get their product pretty much ahead of time, not just on time, stuff like that. So when you're doing your value props, take the unique stuff that sets you apart. Don't just say a, your version of what everybody else is saying. But, you know, okay, we need to include the number of years we've been experienced. We need to include customer service. If you use, if you were to use customer service and you can prove that you are truly the best customer service in terms of being rated that way or something of value, some kind of credibility indicator, then you might be able to use customer service. But But if not, Throw those out of your value proposition statement and get to the, the specifics that are really going to set you apart from your competitors. Absolutely, absolutely. So just to wrap up this kind of review section and even the latest part of it, beware of the buried treasure effect. Look for some of these stronger value proposition elements, whether it's the language, whether it's the offer, whether it's some of the quantifiable pieces uh, in some of the spots on your site that you may not necessarily be looking for, whether it's the About Us, Frequently Asked Questions, the Help, sometimes even the Careers page is where we've seen a lot of sites put information about what makes their company and makes their offer a little different than others. Now, right before we shift to the live optimization, I just want to take a, a quick second here to find out how we're doing with the pacing on this. If you could just use your Q&A and let us know if we're doing okay, if we want to speed up, if you want us to slow down a little bit. All right, the info is coming in. Good, 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 perfect, great. Speed up a little bit. Pace is good, a little faster. All right. Jimmy, Aaron, we're probably going to go a little bit faster here. We've covered the review part, so this should pretty much be like a breeze from here on out. We're going to start with uh, a couple of pages that were submitted from the first clinic that uh, attendees came back and optimized after attending the first clinic. And we've got uh, a poll on both of these. Again, we want our audience to get involved with this. Your feedback in the, in the Q&A section in the polls is going to be helpful to all the people who submitted these. So we're going to try and get your input on these. And Jimmy and Aaron are going to kind of lead the way with optimizing the pages and value props. Let's start by looking at the first one. That should be coming up any second. Great. You should be looking at JMR Consulting. JMR submitted their value proposition at the first clinic. We do marketing and public relations that works for small software companies. Afterwards, they revised it. You see the revised version there. Get your own team of software marketing experts to help you grow your small software business starting at just 2000 a month. 
Now we're going to open a quick poll just to try and get the audience's take. How would you rate the revised value proposition? Which, again, was get your own team of software marketing experts to help you grow your small software business starting at just 2000 per month. We're watching the votes coming in, just another few seconds, and then we'll close the poll. Jimmy and Aaron are ready to tear it apart. <laughs> We're not going to tear it apart. What do you mean, Hunter? Aaron's ready to tear it apart. Jimmy is ready to stop. <laughs> Jimmy's this ready is to Abdul. I'm ready to trick-or-treat that bad boy. That's right. Okay, great. We're going to close the poll. And now, as you can see, the poll slide is showing up. Most of you, 67%, felt that it was somewhat improved. 22% felt that it was greatly improved. 11% said no improvement or less effective than the original. So let's go back to the page here. And Jimmy and Aaron, let's get your thoughts on these. So, Jimmy, do you want to go first on this one? Sure, sure. So, okay. I'm, you know, I'm comparing the original, which we do marketing and public relations that works for small software companies. It's not very specific. You don't really get the feeling of how it's going to help you. It's just this is what we do. It's a statement of what you do instead of how you're going to help uh, me as a potential client. And the second one, I think I don't think it's greatly, but it's somewhere between somewhat and greatly because I don't think you've absolutely nailed it, but it's definitely better. Because look at look at the the actual words. Get your own team of software marketing experts to grow your small small software business starting at two thousand a month. So they're listing what it costs. They're referencing that it's your own team of marketing experts. Let me tell you a few things that you could probably uh, you do to potentially improve it. If you say software marketing experts, um, can you use any other quantitative details? One, do they have any certifications? Now, what, what kind? You, know, you say marketing experts, but a lot of people say they're marketing experts. Is there any way to prove it? Do you have it, or can you use some sort of a results from previous companies or campaigns in there to make it a little more believable? And then it says, get your own team. What does that mean? Is the team one person? Is the team twenty people? I mean, how? It's two thousand dollars. So if you're going to ask two thousand dollars a month, um, I'm, I'm looking for a little bit more detail that would basically help. It. You know, if it said a team of 15 people, I'm going to be like, wow, that's, that's pretty good for $2,000 a month. But if it was two people, then the, the, the value of the service becomes less for, for me personally. So those are the yeah. things that I would, you know, I'm looking for to improve it a little bit more. But it's, it's definitely an improvement. I think, you're, I think you're hitting on something, and that's if you're going to use a $2,000, if you're going to use any price in your value proposition statement, make sure that it's overwhelmingly lower than your comparison and that, not only that it's overwhelmingly lower than your comparison, the customers know that it's overwhelming, uh, overwhelmingly lower. Um, if that's not the case, it's too early in the process to present a price to them because you haven't sold them on the services and then it's even worth $2,000, especially in this instance where it's a little bit higher market. If it is, if it is overwhelmingly lower, if you are getting that service that is so, uh, so much greater than the perceived value of that $2,000, then you can absolutely use it in your value proposition, but you need to back it up with how it compares to the rest of the market so that I know as a customer coming to your site that it is that much lower than, than all your competition. Because at this point, I don't know that. 
And what it, what it prompts me to do is start looking at your competitors. Well, how much do they cost? How much do they cost? And start evaluating that. You don't want to do that. You've worked very hard to get them to this page. Communicate that message to them clearly. Don't use it over on the right top uh, or the top right-hand side with some sort of background behind it. Communicate it in the primary headline. Back it up with a sub-headline that supports that primary headline, and then drive them into the copy, into the lead capture form, whatever you're trying to do on, on this particular particular page, don't give them an excuse to leave and, and evaluate your competitors um, by doing that. So it's, it's okay to use a price, just make sure that, uh, that you have that overwhelmingly uh, feeling that this is a, a great value, much lower than the competition, and then back it up with supporting information. Excellent, excellent. Thank you, both of you. Let's move on to another one. Live optimization of shots chocolate. The slide should be coming up for you any second now. The first value proposition they submitted, where you can create unique, memorable, 100% edible chocolate gifts, promotions, and party favors. After the last clinic, they sent us a revised value proposition. Our innovative chocolate printing technology and our creative graphic design enable us to help you create unique chocolate party favors and promotional items that make your life celebration or corporate event stand out and be remembered. So while that all sinks in, just going to open a very quick poll here very quickly to see if most of our audience thinks that that was improved, thinks that it's about the same, thinks that there's no improvement, or that it's less effective than the original. And again, while you're voting, I'll just read it again. Our innovative chocolate printing technology and our creative graphic design enable us to help you create unique chocolate party favors and promotional items that make your life celebration or corporate event stand out and be remembered. We're going to go very quickly through this poll here, just about there, and now let's see the results. Great. 33%. Of you said somewhat improved, 13% said greatly improved, and 23% uh, said no improvement, 30% thought that it was less effective than the original. Jimmy and Aaron, let's get your thoughts on the page. Sure. I'm, I'm going to – this is Jimmy again. This is Paul Abdul. <laughs> I'm going to say somewhat improved, and here's, here's why. Their original one is at the top is, is shorter and more concise. Uh, and there is value to that because they're not going to have to read so much information to communicate uh, what the value of the product and service is. And, and, and the piece that is, is helpful in the first one that's not in the second, I think that should be, is the 100% edible chocolate gifts. They don't have it in there. They're, they're talking about chocolate printing and chocolate gifts, whatever, but 100% edible is good. The other thing, I don't see anything about the, the value, or sorry, sorry, about the quality of the chocolate. Is this like really good chocolate? I don't want some really cool uh, party favor or gift or whatever that just tastes horrible. <laughs> so think about that. So I think it's somewhat improved. Here's how one of the main things in this particular case with a product like this where it's so visual is on this page I would take a version of those two where you include the 100% and try to shorten it up as much as possible, you be as quantitative as possible. But I would use that headline to have up top in the center, and you have to move those images up. Those images – speak thousands and thousands of words and are much more effective than almost anything that you could say. 
I mean, because you, you are seeing the quality of the product right there. I would, I would actually use better images, but those are, are at least good enough. Because when I saw that, you're talking about chocolate gifts and products. I saw that, and I saw that I could actually see the kid's picture on the chocolate. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And I've never, I, me personally, maybe there's tons of companies out there doing it. I've never seen it. So if you go look around and there's no one doing the same thing, I would almost go with we're the only uh, you know, company that produces 100% edible chocolate gifts for promotions and parties, blah, 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 blah. I, I would you, use that you, for You took me. the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> if, if this, is, this is a very niche product, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, buddy. I just wanted to, to say that oh, we're, we're, we are thinking on, along the same lines. And these, this is a very unique product, and it's very niche. And if you are the only one, or if you're, you know, one of two, or if you're the only one that does it, you know, one particular way, uh, then let them know that. So when I look at your value propositions, I, I say, yes, it's different. Is it better? Well, I don't know that because I still I still read that I, I read either one of those and I say anybody can make that claim. Any of your competitors can make that claim. Now, if you don't have any competitors, in this instance, this will work. But you have to you have to reiterate that you are the only one doing this and that that, that you are the only place to get it. Your your site has. Um, just looking at your site and how you're communicating this, there's so much going on on this page that it is extremely difficult to discern any of this information. So the value proposition, you probably do have it at certain pieces of this page, but I can't find it because there's so much going on. There's this wavy banner at the top of the page. There's unconventional navigation on the left-hand side. You've got a whole bunch of headers and uh, uh, titles. That you're, that they're on both the left-hand and the right-hand side of the page. Plus, there's a logo over on the right-hand side, as well as, oh, yes, there's navigation on the, uh, the right-hand side as well. There's so much going on on this page, I can't figure out what your value proposition is, what I'm supposed to do, and how you can help me on this page. Uh, Jimmy's suggestion about moving the images up is a great idea, but I think the first thing you need to do is look at this page, say, what, what am I trying to accomplish, what, do I, what am I trying to communicate with a customer, and eliminate everything else that's not that, that's not uh, that's not accomplishing that, and then at, at that point look at testing look at testing the page because there's so much information crammed onto this one landing page that it's very difficult uh, for for any of your customers to find uh, find out why they should be here. Excellent, excellent. Now we've got two other pages to look at coming up, and these are pages where the uh, the clinic attendees have changed their pages a little bit in terms of not just the value proposition but some of the other elements. So Jimmy and Aaron, if we look at these two briefly on the next slide, you'll see that we've got a, uh, a first landing page, kind of a before and, and after. And if you guys want to kind of run through these really quickly since we're getting low on time, and give them some of the feedback and maybe a couple of additional ideas. Sure, am I going first? I'll go first, Hunter. Yep. So, this is Jimmy. <laughs> so look at the difference in these pages. I'm going to talk about a whole bunch of elements. On the one on the left, look at that huge graphic that's pretty much getting in the way. That does not state or support the value proposition. I'm assuming the value proposition is is reducing your annual maintenance costs by 55 to 75%, which they have on the right, but that's overpowered by that big image. You scroll down the page, and the first thing you really see is start reducing your maintenance costs and solve your flooring problems, complete the form below, 
whatever, but it's so far down the page, and then you have a long form. So we're, we're talking, I know we're talking about value props today, but these are some of the things that's making it more difficult to get through the process is having to go through this long form, having to get by that huge image that's kind of confusing and doesn't help communicate what you're, what you're actually there for. Then you have these three powerful images on the right. And what I say it's powerful is that they distract your eyes. Um, so you're going over there and watch how, watch how, read how, watch how, um, you know, I'm not sure how effective those are. To me, it looks like it's taking people off the page and getting them just distracted. Um, so it's just not doing a very good job. There's very little text on the page that helps communicate why they should actually continue. So let's look at the page on the right. There's no huge image at the top. It starts with a real headline that, that you can actually see, and it flows vertically down the page. You hear us preach this every single week after week after week. It's vertical. Uh, layout that goes from, from left to right, top to bottom, easy to read down the page. Look at the headline. Look at the subheadline that helps qualify it. Look at the intro paragraph. Look at the bullet points. Look at how the graphic and the, uh, sorry, the, the form is shorter, but they're using the free graphic. And I actually realize that it's free without having to read something. Even if I'm scanning the page, I see that it's free. Um, and then they have the, uh, the actual form code that's one, two, three, four, five, you know, six fields or whatever. Whether it's that many fields different or not, it just looks and feels much shorter. And then the send my free case history, even even the button is, is designed more effectively so I can see it, I can read it fast. And the original says solve my flooring problems now, which is not bad, but the design of that button, you don't even see it on the original page. So uh, me personally, I think they're going to get much more, many more people through the new page than the original. So that's my quick comments. Aaron, you got Yeah, yeah? I think I think that the, you you made some great suggestions or, or made some great comments on this. And I, I think the, the most important thing for me to point out is they were communicating the, the same headline or almost identical headline was being used on the first page versus the second page. When we saw this page, they had a lot of the information, the value proposition information that, that you needed communicating that headline. The problem was you couldn't see it because of that dominating image on the top of the page and then the buttons that broke it up and because of the placement of the actual headline. They've done a much better job of of simplifying the iPad and getting them into the form. Um, you know, I, I come up with uh, test suggestions for this one, but I think I run it as is and then, then refine. And when I start to refine, I look at my form uh, uh, for uh, to begin my uh, my second test or my refinement test. Uh, you know, your headlines of your form, your button copy, your your uh, the amount of information that you're communicating there. But I think this is a great step in the right direction of communicating not just your value proposition, but presenting the information in a much more uh, linear and, and uh, easier way to, uh, uh, to digest and understand. Excellent, excellent. Great feedback. Let's move on to the next one very briefly. Again, uh, on conference, submitted the page on the left beforehand. After the clinic, they've revised it, and they are running a test here, which you can see on the right. Jimmy, Aaron, Aaron, you want to go first this time? Sure. I'm I'm looking at the page and I do see some of the changes, changes in button button placement, changes in the size of the headlines, and, and some of the uh, some of the other information. However, I I don't see that um, that the uh, the, the information itself has has changed all that much. Now, I do see that there the headline has gone from international call, uh, conference calling and conference call service to international conference calling with voice quality better better than direct dot. Um, that's a start. I would say that you're not there yet. 
And here's where I would start to look at it. You've got some powerful information here. You, you, I see your button, and you can see that it's free. You, down at the bottom of the page, you're using a headline that says, I can get started in just three minutes. Well, if you offer me free international conference, conference calls in less than three minutes, now you're starting to get somewhere in a value proposition, but you're not communicating it yet properly. You need to greet customers with a real with with your with a real value proposition. If it's free international calls in less than three minutes, then then do that or something along those lines that actually communicates them. You've got you've got all sorts of confusion when you actually get to the when your customers get to the page. Read through the copy, get to the bottom of the page, and then all of a sudden at the bottom, there the call to action is not there. The call to action is up there at the top, of the right hand side. What happens is customers come to the page, and their natural eye path goes from top to bottom, left to right. So you're moving the call to action over to the right-hand side. They get to the bottom of the copy, and they don't. They don't. They're confused. They don't know where to go. You've 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 essentially taken the the next logical step. The way that you make money, or the way that you're uh, you're collecting leads and moving it to the right-hand side, out of, a, out of a customer's view, there's confusion. They have to say, okay, where am I at? How do I get to the next step? How do I do this? You just have convinced them because they've read through your copy, but they can't find a button, and they, they can't figure out how to uh, take an action. Jimmy, what else do you have? Sure. I'll make some additional comments. So I, I think Aaron's right on in terms of the value proposition specifically. You're going to have a hard time proving that you have the best quality for international conference calling. That's going to be probably a metric that, unless you can prove it, it's not going to have much value to people actually looking at the page. I totally agree with the setting up your account in just three minutes where it's quick and easy. There's also what I see on the page is no setup fees or monthly fees. It basically, you can just start using the service, and it's not going to cost you anything at all, and it's going to be quick and easy. So you're basically using quantitative uh, copy and text to say, it's the quickest, easiest, highest quality international conference calling service available. You want to say that, but with very quantitative measures. Now, other things that are kind of helping and hurting this page are, if you look at the left, their headline is on a white background, and, it, and it's not, it should be much, not much, but definitely larger text, so it's the first thing you see on the page. Um, but I still think it's doing better jo a better job on the original page than the new one. The new one is white text on a light, you know, tan or whatever they call that is, box. And it's, it's hard to read. If you even heard Aaron, he was having a hard time reading that line because it was hard to see the white text on the background. Um, so I would definitely start with a regular headline. In terms of other elements that communicate value prop, the original one has, the, you know, all the states in the world, you know, uh, listed there. That does nothing for me personally. I think the image on the right is better. <laughs> I wonder if there's a combination of the two or, or something that could actually visually communicate the value proposition a little bit better uh, than what they're doing in each one. The only um, thing to be careful with that image is it's a it's a woman holding up a uh, landline telephone. It does not necessarily communicate to me conference calling. Um, and if that's the if that's the uh, uh, you know the uh, the message that you're trying to get across, you may need to look for a different different image or at least test different images there. No, I, I think that, I think that's about it on this particular page. Before you know, you got to run a bunch of tests before you're going to get to some more radical options. Yeah, one more thing. If you're if this is lead gen and and you know you're allowing them to set up a free account, or even if it's set up a free account and then later you're asking them to pay, start the setup process on your landing page. Uh, don't have them click through on a button. Get them to the next step before you're collecting a minimum amount of information. Collect a name, collect an email. Uh, start collecting that minimum amount of information on this first page. 
And then when they drop off at the next step, you have a point at which you can recontact them, re-engage them, and get them uh, try to uh, reattempt to get them through the process. Excellent, excellent. So we're getting low on time. I want to skip ahead and then just try and catch one more from uh, our submissions here. Live optimization of Albert at Bay. This is the value proposition uh, that they submitted. Ottawa's largest hotel suites for the same price or less as a regular room. This is the page. You can see that we've pulled out some of the copy there. Uh, Jimmy and Aaron, take it away. Sure. Your value proposition is, is great, but uh, or at least it's, it's starting to get somewhere really good, but it, it, you don't communicate it until the, uh, the second paragraph down on the page. The first thing you hit me with is really, really big hotel suites. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that, that I believe that. I don't know if it's a joke, and I don't know what, what's going on because there's a big picture of an elephant there. And you're trying to communicate to me with this huge picture, uh, with an elephant, and with a, a headline that says really, really big hotel suites. Um, I would test a version of this that used a much more simplified image, um, maybe an image of just your, your hotel suites, but met them with a headline that stated just as you have uh, your value proposition or a variation of this uh, value proposition. Ottawa's largest hotel suites for the same price or less as a regular room. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the same thing, Aaron. Is you know I'd rather see something like 40% larger and you know 27% uh, less cost than uh, stand you know standard Ottawa hotel suites, or if you can even use something like a charter or a graph. So you can say that, but use a charter or a graph to back it up and show them a comparison of their rooms, the square footage of the rooms, the actual cost of the rooms. And something like that is going to speak volumes over you trying to say really, really big hotel suites. So all I see when I get to the page, even if I do see the really, really big hotel suites in some of the, the content copies, is, okay, you have large hotel suites, but and you say you're, you're less than, but you're really not proving it, and you're not giving me that many good reasons to, to do it. Now, I do like that second paragraph because it's real living rooms, real workspaces, real balconies, things like that. And then, if you, you know, I would actually do the, the good – image of the room up top, but I would, you know, I would probably bolt those things out and put little little thumbnails next to each one so they, they can actually see them and prove it, and, and it might make a, a, a better case for Absolutely. the buying decision. Absolutely. That's a quick one on there. Great. Jimmy, Aaron, do you think we have time for one more? There's one that I think has a lot of optimization potential. The You Store It site on, on slide 29, which we're flipping to now. There's a lot of things going on with the page there. They have some things that they can work on, and I think that if you guys could just give them a few quick suggestions, really quick and rapid fire, it will be very helpful. Sure. Jimmy, do you want to uh, start with this one? Sure. So the, the first part is that there's no value proposition. <laughs> the only thing that they say is over 400 locations nationwide, and, and if, that's, if you see the tagline, which is not a value proposition, uh, top, top right. And so um, – this one needs a lot of help because they have a bunch of attractive images and stuff on the page, um, but it doesn't help you get started and figure out if this is the right service for you unless you type in your zip code and, and look for locations and rates, and that's if you realize what it is. Luckily, their name, you store it, does a decent job of actually kind of communicating what they actually do. So for something like this, 
they need to figure out what the value proposition is. I don't, it, you know, maybe it's the most locations, but that's probably not going to do it because there's tons, tons of storage places out there. So, um, you know, I, I see a first month rent free, and that's kind of that's bottom right, which is you know probably the worst location. So that graphic is bottom right. Um, but you got to communicate why you should use U-Store over any of your other competitors, over U-Hauls and or any of the self storage places. So, um, in terms of that, you're gonna you're gonna want to use an you also want to use an image that um, doesn't have black text on it with, with a testimonial that's hard to read. You need to start this whole page like we we've been talking to you over and over again with a good strong headline. You can use an image, you know, lay out your value proposition with probably an intro paragraph and a, and a three to five bullets, something like that, that says, okay, this is a place you actually want to store your stuff. Then you look for your locations and rates. Unless price is your you know, price is price is your value proposition and you are truly the lowest cost and you can prove it to them. Um, you're going to want to get them interested in using your service before you're going to want them to start looking around for locations and rates. So, I mean, this this particular page, I mean, we would pretty much just start from scratch just because there's nothing there of value that I can see uh, just besides their little tool on the left to get locations and rates if you figured out, okay, this is this is a, it's a storage facility and I just want to get started. Jimmy, you nailed it. And they're doing you're using uh you're using these ad boxes or ad tiles to try and communicate all these messages with. And what happens is each one of these ad tiles ends up competing with one another. So uh you're you've got all these different different ads. You've got these uh location rates, you've got the, the, the one in the middle that's got the, the uh, testimonial that nobody can read. You've got the pay, pay your bill at the bottom of the page, and then your first month rent free, and all these things end up competing for a user's attention. And what happens is it's almost like information overload. Users don't know where to go. They don't know how to navigate the site. There's no uh, – you're not guiding anyone. So not only do you not have a, a value proposition, but you're doing a very poor job of getting somebody into the process. Don't um, don't take this the wrong way. A lot of companies are doing the same thing, but it just uh, it just presents you with that much more opportunity to test, get improvements, and ultimately uh, uh, increase your revenue. Great, thanks, guys. You're going to kill me. I'm hoping we can do just one last slide, really quickly. Paula, Simon, stick with me. There's just one more. Let's try and go real. We're not going to do it. We want pay raises. <laughs> We'll bring you back for next season, I promise. Uh, Montessori in Redlands is the site and the value prop submitted. We help children reach their potential academically, socially, and emotionally. There's a lot of things that they can do here. Let's just tear them up real fast and kindly. <laughs> kindly. Okay, I'm, I'm going to start first. So when I, when I see the the value proposition submitted, and, and, and let's just look at it. We help children reach their potential academically, socially, and emotionally. There is absolutely no proof, no credibility in that statement. It's, it's just general summarization of uh, what they're trying to say. If you can show me proof of that, whether it's uh, with good copy or charts or graphs or any of the information on the landing page, it's gonna it's gonna be more effective. I come here, I say, welcome to Montessori. You you really don't want to say welcome welcome to my site. You want to start with why they should visit your site and why or why they should go to your school. Why should here's a, a question I'm trying to answer. Why should my child go to your Montessori school? 
That's the question I'm trying to answer. And all they're saying is Montessori and Redlands, private nonprofit school, outstanding education, more than 350 children. So if you look at our left elements to consider, yeah, you're getting specific on, you know, who qualifies, but there still is not a single reason for me to actually use your service. So here's, here's some of the things I would do. Show me or show me proof that my child will excel academically. Have they scored, people that, the kids that have gone to this Montessori school, have they scored higher on standardized tests? Have they had more success uh, getting into college or graduating from college or getting better jobs or uh, with any of their particular goals? If you can prove that, have case studies, have information that shows a typical student in public school versus Montessori or private school versus Montessori, because Montessori is a, is a type of private school. Uh, same thing with socially. Um, do they excel later on in life or, 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 or during childhood with relationships? Is there a way to show that or prove that or I'm not sure how to do it, but those are the types of things you're going to need to see on this page. Emotionally is the same thing. Are, are they just, uh, do they do better? Do they need less um, special education and stuff like that later on uh, in life? I don't, I'm not sure exactly what the, to put on the page, but you need to prove to academically, socially, and emotionally uh, reaching their goals. And, and that's the thing that I don't see on this page. So that was the long-winded version of the <laughs> Jimmy, you nailed it, and I think we're almost out of time. But you're using a print, you're using a print advertisement as your web page. This is a print ad. This is this is not a web page. You need to have, you, you need to uh, focus more on the words that you're trying to communicate to a customer and getting them in through the process than 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 uh, using all these pretty graphics to try and background images to try and communicate that message. Great. Thank you both very much. I just want to wrap up here now with the uh, winner of our contest for the live optimization, the best submission. We put this test to the research team and the optimization team here, and the winner was Stratasys Systems, the value proposition we already covered earlier, so we'll just throw that out there. Now you can see that the value proposition uh, answered the key question and achieved the highest matrix score of the submissions. They expressed it in effective ways throughout their website. And as a prize, they have uh, received tickets to our 2009 landing page optimization workshop in Miami. And we're hoping that we'll get to see them and work with their site even more and do some of the tests and, and help them optimize it even further. For the summary of today, a lot of the key points, again, some we covered before, make optimizing your value proposition a cyclical process. Use the matrix, and that's available in the worksheet, which you can download from our blog, marketingexperimentsblog.com, or the site. Refine it. Try and get it to a single, instantly credible sentence if possible. Use your PPC microtesting methods. Focus on quantitative expression over qualitative. And one place to start is looking for that buried treasure on your site, some of those elements in your copy and other pages that you might find to help strengthen your value proposition. I want to say thanks again to Jimmy and Aaron for doing a great job and going over with us today. Thanks, of course, to everybody who submitted their site for the live optimization. We hope we'll see some of you at the Santa Monica workshop. You'll get the uh, research brief and the clinic. Uh, you'll be notified via email when this is available online, as always. And please keep an eye out for our clinics coming in December 3rd and 17th. We're doing our year-end analyst roundup and the blueprint for 2009. Right now, I'd just like to ask you, please give us your feedback on the post-clinic survey as you exit. 
Let us know if you found today helpful, what you uh, would like to see more of, et cetera, et cetera. We read all of it, and it's very valuable to us. Thanks again, and we hope to see you in Santa Monica or with our next live clinics.